Good morning. Okay, again, this week, so I counted how many kids we have in here. We've got 21 kids. We've got like a handful of adults. This is so kid town. Um, but I'm so glad that you're here and you've been asked already if you're excited for Christmas. So I won't ask that question, but I will ask you to get your thumbs out. Come on, thank you, John wrote back there. Kids, get your thumbs out. Okay, so walking in today, are you feeling thumbs up, which is awesome? Are you feeling thumbs down, which is like, bleh? Are you middle and you're like, eh? Let me see. We've got some, eh? We've got thumbs up. Oh, Mitch is thumbs up. Oh, we have two, four thumbs up right there. Ford is a thumbs up. Parker, you're eh? Oh, man. Our, Riker and Amelia. All right. Well, regardless of how you're feeling today, Christmas is five days away. Um, what is, what do you like best about this time of year, about the Christmas season? You can shout. What I hear? Cookies. Kids, what do you like best? Presents. Did I hear more cookies? What about parties? Do you all usually have like a school party? Yeah? Yeah? Um, well, I was listening to Christmas music the other day while I was working. And the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, came on. And this song tells us that the most wonderful time of the year, that what makes it the most wonderful time of the year, is hanging out with our friends, going to parties, hugging each other, roasting marshmallows, um, and kids jingle-belling. Have y'all been jingle-belling? Kids? No? Do you know what that is? I don't either. Um, but those are the things that that song says makes it the most wonderful time of the year. We're in 2020. Those things aren't really happening, right? It has been a month since I've seen my best friend, and she lives two houses away from me. So those things are not happening. And if those things aren't happening, then does this mean that this is the worst time of year? Anyone? No, why not? Are y'all still asleep? Huh? Jesus was born, that's right. And so we're gonna be singing a song today called O Holy Night. And holy in Hebrew means set apart for something special. And so the night that he was born was a night that was like no other night that will ever happen again. It was special. It was set apart because something new was happening. And so O Holy Night goes through the night that he was born. Um, it talks about what he did in his life. And it, it ends with kind of a sense of victory. And that victory is because Jesus is coming back. So this morning when I woke up, I woke up really early. Um, I woke up with this passage on my heart. And so I thought I would share it with you all. 
It's from Isaiah 61. Um, it says, the spirit of the... I'm sorry if I start to cry. Um, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of God. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in you, and your and everlasting joy will be yours. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. So you guys, that passage right there, Jesus in Luke 4 stands in the synagogue and he quotes this. And then in front of everybody, he says, that's me. I'm doing that. I'm coming. I came to bind up the brokenhearted. I came to restore you, to mend your hearts, and to give you joy. And so as we sing this song, allow the words. You know, some of you came in with thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in. Let these words wash over you. If you came in happy, let them encourage you even more. If you came in here sad and disappointed because this year has not been what it was supposed to be, then let these words start to mend and knit your heart back together. Because the most wonderful time of the year is not gonna be about our parties. It's not going to be about traveling. This year, it can't be. And so your hope is in what really makes it the most wonderful time of the year. And that is that Jesus was born. So... This is Luke 2, 1 to 21. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, tough name, was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and to the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, 
the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. This is God's word. Let me uh, pray for us. Lord, open our hearts to this very familiar but very profound uh, text. Like you did the shepherds, uh, would you wake us up uh, to your goodness and to your glory in your name. Amen. Well, um, I want to I share three things that I want you to consider uh, coming out of this passage that if you've been in church for a while, you've definitely heard read before about the shepherds, right? Um, three things, and it's this, uh, if you want to take notes and put them in this heading, good news getters, all right? And then getting the good news, I know that sounds like what? Good news getters, getting the good news, and then good news givers, Okay. First thing, uh, good news getters. Now, because we're familiar with this, uh, and, and maybe we've read it many times, we read this and we're like, okay, yeah, you know, angels came to the shepherds. But the fact that they came to shepherds is a big deal. The first thing we need to see in this passage is, is who God decides to come to, which are these shepherds who are out in their fields nearby. They're out there at night. And I want you to think of it in terms of this, that if you, because remember uh, what Jen shared and, and what you know, the angels eventually tell them is that this is the Christ, this is the Messiah, this is the king that is to come who is going to rescue Israel from their sin, from their real oppressor. And if you're a king, if you're a Messiah in that day, if you were going to come and make your grand entrance, this is not how you would do it and this is not who you would do it to, right? You would not come as a baby and you would not come to shepherds, right? You would not come in weakness and come to those who are weak in society. But that's who the shepherds were. They were the bottom of the totem pole sort of job, right? They had a low social standing. These are not your culture shapers who are giving TED Talks, right? 
the people who are going to be influencers on, on the world, right? And yet, these, like Mary, this teenage girl, right? These are the people that God uniquely chooses to bring his good news to. And he says, I'm going to make you my heralds. You're the ones that I'm going to take my message to the world through. I'm bringing you good news. Unto you a child is born. You are the ones upon whom my favor rests. I'm revealing myself to you. I'm appearing to you. And it's easy to miss this in a familiar story, but guys, we have the actual, like, essential aspect, (laughs) maybe the first and foremost aspect of what it means to be a Christian. And that's this. This is how you become a Christian. Is that he comes to you. He reveals himself to you. He is the one who makes himself known. It's one of the main tenets of the gospel. It is the good news. He comes. He comes. He comes. He pursues. And he comes to people who are actually in need of a savior. Right? He doesn't come just for the noble. He doesn't come just for the capable he doesn't come for the self-savers, the self-right, the, you know, the summa cum laude of spirituality, right? He doesn't come for the spiritual giants. He comes to those who aren't confused about their need of a savior. He comes to those who understand that the good news is going to have to come from outside of me because Left to me and left to myself because of sin, there is no ability for me to be good enough. He comes to those who are in need of good news because left to themselves, it's going to be the same old news, which is bad news. You've heard it said before, cheer up. (laughs) And this is what we see happen for the shepherds. Cheer up. You are more broken than you could ever imagine, and you are more loved than you could ever dare hope. And God, in a moment of glory, sends an angel choir to the long-haul night truckers, right? And stops them in their tracks and says, I'm going to proclaim, I'm going to send an angel band to proclaim the gospel to you. This is the truth. You have a Savior, and He's born to you. And the effect is what? The effect is, is it moves them from this place. Again, every time angels show up, people freak out, of course. It moves them from this place of terrified to what? To great joy. It's like when David says this in the Psalms. Listen to this in Psalm 16. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. They have glad hearts and their tongues start to rejoice. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. They're they're experiencing the same thing that David says he's experienced, right? A glad heart and a rejoicing tongue because he has been filled with joy in his presence, and the path of life has been made known to him. 
these shepherds, they are seeing the glory of the Lord, right? It's, it's literally like on Christmas morning when the doors kind of cracked and you look through and you see all the presents under the tree maybe for the first time, right? Heaven's door is getting cracked open and they're peeking in. It's like in the Lord of the Rings when Gandalf, if you remember when he's in that great hall and he throws off of his robe and all of a sudden he's like, we can't even look at him, right? He's not Gandalf the gray anymore, he's Gandalf the white. He's, he's, he's uncloaked, he's revealed and his glory is shining and everyone in the hall is like, wow. They're seeing the glory of the Lord ever so briefly and in his presence they are experiencing his joy his favor, his pleasure. And he's saying to them this, I'm born to you. I'm here for you. I have come for you. And the only natural response when you see the God of the universe coming for you in the state that you're in, which is a shepherd state, is great joy. So I have a question for you this morning. (laughs) Are you experiencing great joy? Is the good news good news to you? If not, why? Why is it not good news? Why is joy great, great joy? I mean, I should literally be a cannonball of joy going around in every day, cannonballing into all of my conversations, joy. He's come to me, right? Well, if that's not the case, why is that? Because if I'm being honest, it's not the case for me. A lot of days, I'm I'm this, right? And then kind of like, I can tilt down here or I fake it, right? But really inside, I'm Let me tell you why. I'll tell you why for me. Where he says there, I bring you good news that will cause you great joy, right? He says, he tells them, don't be afraid. And there's a little word in there, the NIV doesn't translate it this way, but the ESV does. It says, behold, I'm bringing you good news. We read these words and we're just like, it's like a part of the old language or something. But really what he's saying there is, is I, I want you to take what you're afraid of and I want you to stop and I want you to look at this. I want you to behold something else. Behold this truth. And why, I'm going to tell you for me why it's not good news and why I don't find myself in great joy is often this. I'm not beholding the good news. I'm not giving it my attention. I I maybe hear it like the shepherds do, which the angels tell them, but then the shepherds do what? They're like, let's go figure, let's go see this, right? We're not just going to hear it, but we're going to actually go walk into the reality that has been told us. They go look into it. And so why I don't have great joy is, is one, because I'm not beholding the good news. And the reason why is this, because I'm beholding me all the time. I want you to think about this for a second. I'm beholding me, and guess what? I don't want to be a shepherd. I don't. I don't want to be a shepherd. I want to be spectacular. Right? I don't want to be simple. I want to be, a sh- I, I want to be special. Right? I mean, we even promote this. I mean, we've got a room full of kids. 
that are, are hearing a message all the time that, that what's going to get you the love and what's going to get you the belonging and what's going to make you valuable is by being something special. And let me tell you something. What Jesus says to you is you already are. He didn't come and die to make you lovely to him. You were lovely to him. You already are special. But I don't want to be highly favored by grace in all of my brokenness and all of my sin. I want to have value to God because I've done something good to merit that value. In some ways, y'all, it's really true. The, the goal of life, I feel like I grew up with this. When I was this little, I grew up with this, believing that the goal of life was this, I want a crowd, a crowd of angels, of people telling me, you're the good news. And the press that I wanted to hear was them singing my praise. I'm the good news, not I'm the one who has received the good news, that he's the good news. And the gospel comes into that. Jesus comes into that and says to you, whether you are five today or whether you're 55 today, the honor, the favor, the pleasure that you were created to have, it comes through humility, not through nobility. It comes through his coming to us, not us working to get to him. It comes because we needed a savior not to be the hero of the story. And we simply are shepherds upon whom God's favor rests. I don't need to be something or someone spectacular to favor God's merit. We're good news getters. So if that's not good news to you, let me, let me just walk you through something to help you. Second point was getting the good news. Let me, let me walk you through one little verse in here. It's verse 14. How, how do you take what we just said or what I just said and how does it go deep? Like how does it, how does it work itself down into my heart? How do I get it? How do I stop beholding me and start beholding him? Well, here's what the angels said to this. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with an angel praising God and saying what? What did the angels say? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now again, we read this stuff and it's just an angel pronouncement, right? There's actually something really important in here. There's a sequence in here. If we slow down, we can see it, right? And here's the sequence. For me, for the gospel to get deep into my heart and into my life, I have to leave my self-glory. And when I leave my self-glory, I can actually receive his grace. First thing, glory to God in the highest. That is, a, that is a statement of truth, but it's also a positional statement that he is saying to these shepherds, right? It's a shift away from my self-glory. I'm shifting away from glor my glory and the glory that marks, I mean, self-glory is what marks our world and makes our world not a place of peace, but a place of war because everyone's fighting for glory, Who's better? Who's better? Who's better? I'm better. I'm better. I hear it all the time. 
right? When God's in the glory position, not us, glory to God in the highest. He's the highest. When he's in the glory position, not us, and when we're resting in his favor that rests on us, my pleasure rests on you. The verdict, you are loved, it rests on you. Then the peace and the joy that I'm usually trying to get through being glorious, that's what's going to give me peace and joy. If I can just be glorious enough. The peace and the joy that I'm trying to get through being glorious in the eyes of others comes through him being in that right position. You're the highest and I'm beholding you in the highest place. That's what it means to set down my glory. Glory to God in the highest. You're the highest. When we start there, he's in the highest position. I can set down my glory and then I open up my hands. Because my hands aren't wrestling for my own glory. And when I open up my hands, I can receive what? His grace, his favor, his pleasure, the good news. So are we saying the weary world rejoices, right? I'll tell you something. Much of your and my weariness is is a result of one thing. Our weariness and our fear is oftentimes stemming from us trying to attain getting something that we deeply need. I need favor. I need the Lord's love. I need to be his beloved. I need that for my identity. My weariness stems from me trying to attain something that I deeply need through something that it can't give to me. I'm going to try to get that through my glory not through his. And so it's tiresome. I'm weary. I'm anxious all the time, working to get from the Lord or from someone else, but I can only receive from him by grace, by something he's done. And for the shepherds and for us this morning, I'm I'm pleading with you, would you dare to believe that your weariness, your fear, your anxiousness, the path through that is not through pulling up your bootstraps and getting more glory for yourself, but it's saying glory to God in the highest and opening up my hands so I can receive grace in that place of weariness and rest and favor. We're good news getters. There's a way that we just talked about that the good news gets deep in us. And when it gets deep in us, we become good news givers. It's the last thing we see in these shepherds. It's literally, I mean, we're all wearing masks so we don't give or receive COVID, right? Right? Well, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says when you get the gospel and when you get the Holy Spirit, it talks about us having unveiled faces so that the glory of the Lord can actually show through us to the world around us. You literally become unmasked, and in a good way, I know it's kind of weird to use COVID as a good analogy, but in a good way, you become very contagious because your joy and your peace is something that the world doesn't understand. And that's what happens for these shepherds, right? They go and see what happens, right? They heard the message and then they go, they actually act in faith, right? Because faith is given to them as a gift, And after they see Jesus, what does it say they do? The shepherds return. They go back to where they came from, right? 
glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They spread the word. They made it known. And the message that the angels delivered to them, they began to deliver to everyone. They went from just receivers to givers. And what did they give? They gave this, the good news. The favor that you desire, the rest that you desire, the pathway to leaving the weariness and the anxiousness and the toil that you desire. He's here. It's Jesus. And the peace that you want, that peace on earth, says there, and on earth peace on those whom his favor rests. That's a powerful statement, y'all. It's not talking about a future peace. It's talking about a right now peace. I can bring peace to you right now on earth. That word for peace, it's the word for shalom. I can bring harmony and bring unity where there was only strife and disunity. Unity in you and unity in your relationships and your community right now. I can do that for you, in you, and then through you. And I just encourage us, would you dare to believe, would you receive it again? Would, you don't receive him as your savior again, but would you receive the joy of your salvation again this Christmas like Jen challenges us to? But then would you give it? Because scripture says, Acts 2 or 20, Paul talks about this, blessed Jesus, he quotes Jesus, blessed are those who give rather than receive, Right? Would you dare to believe that as you give this good news, you re-receive the good news? He blesses your life through actually working through you to give this to other people. So as shepherds, as the lowly ones, not the spectacular, not the summa cum laude spiritual giants, you don't need to be that. Jesus doesn't need you to be that. He's that. Would you dare to believe that you're the good news getter? Unto you a child is born, a savior, and you needed one. And he was glad to do it. He died for you not so that he could make you valuable, but because you are valuable to him. Can't you see that? And would you behold him? Would that be this season? Instead of beholding yourself and looking into yourself and trying to fix yourself and trying to be glorious, would you behold his glory and leave yourself glory? See his glory and receive the grace and the goodness and the favor that the gospel says to us. And then would we go and be those into 2021 because, man, do we, the world needs it, y'all. This could be one of the most powerful years for the, for the history of the church. I would argue, maybe since the 1800s, that there's going to be a war, there's a starving world that needs this good news. And will we be the ones who are good news givers and livers? We're living in the peace that is ours. I have peace because I have Him. I have hope because I have Him. I have love because I have Him and He has me. All right? Let me pray for us. Lord. Thank you. It is a merry Christmas. You've made us merry uh, because we see uh, that we were in such great need and you came for us. You died for us. Lord, uh, restore our hope, restore our peace. 
fill our hearts uh, with the truth. Uh, may we, like the shepherds, um, be overwhelmed by your goodness uh, this Christmas and be those uh, who, who tell, who speak, uh, who make it known. We ask this uh, and we thank you in your son's name. Amen.